Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. To win a Tesla Model 3 when you buy LiPo sachets at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. past six o'clock on the 9th of August 2022. A very wet and wintry cold morning here in Aotearoa. Whereabouts are you around the country? Give me a weather and track condition report off the top. Kempi? Muroi? What was it like this oh, morning? Morena, Morena, Louis. I was actually quite warm out there this morning. I'll tell you what, it was a great moon last night. It was like line and light it was so bright um but yeah yesterday afternoon it was freezing mate that that, that uh it must be a little bit of a southerly coming coming from it's the big freeze mate oh mate yeah 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 no no interesting talking to devon conway and he's sitting in, you know beside a pool up in the caribbean and we're sitting down here freezing our bollocks off it's wet it's rainy it's windy and yeah there's been snow down south and as you point out kempi we get caught up with devon conway who's over there in the caribbean with the uh black caps who are about to head into an odi in a t20 series against the west indies which we haven't seen in a long time 
So that commentary is live on SCNZ first game Thursday morning during our show. Don't worry, you'll still get bits and bobs of us. But as far as the Black Caps go, we touched in with Devin Conway to see how they're travelling and see how that squad is assembled. It was great to catch up with him. No doubt the day will be dominated a wee bit today, though. Again, Kempi, by the discussion around New Zealand rugby and the All Blacks. So I thought we'd go to South Africa. Nice. We catch up with. Well, he's a. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's plugged in. He is. He's got his tentacles all throughout rugby New Zealand. Ollie Ritchie's News Hub's rugby reporter. They've sent him up to South Africa. You know when the news agencies start to circle. Circle. <laughs> <laughs> And they send their... All I can see is Ollie with wings and a set of headphones with those big vulture wings. Just Liam Napier flying Liam in Napier unison. Liam Napier next to him in, in, in sync. You know, just go round and round. Greer ah, Paul. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the news media is circling on the uh, All Blacks. So. I often think about it, you know, Louis. I often think about it, you know, when I was 34 coaching the Warriors and... I had this affinity with the actual um, media, you know, because I don't know if you realised it, but back then we never did media scrums. Remember that? All the media sessions used to be one-on-one. And uh, I travelled over to... I don't remember that. I travelled over to San Diego and I spent time with Marty Schottenheimer and the San Diego Chargers and he gave me a real lesson on media. Mm. And we sat down and... He took a liking to me, even though it took me a whole day to get into his office. He took a liking to me, and we got talking. He said, what's your biggest drama? And I said, oh, like just getting messages out into the public domain. You know, I'm a bit frightened of that. You know, as a player, I you know, I did speak to the media, but it's still playing. But I've watched how the media really latch onto the to the coaching staff, you know, under, under Ando, and especially what we went through in 2004. And he said, mate, he said to me, like, you control the media. He said... How do you do your media? I said, oh, they're one-on-ones. He said, have a media scrum. I said, we've got media coming up. Come down and watch what I do. So I went down, mate, and he just owned it, like owned the session, had this media scrum. And then we went back up in his room and he said, okay, this is what happens with media is I plan it. I I sort of have my media people tell me what questions they're going to ask. I answer them. And then at the end of it, when I open up the questions, I've already answered most of the questions that they're going to ask. Yeah. And I have this, (laughs) when I've seen it now, like back then, you become a bit of a conspiracy theorist, and I've seen it. I've seen it with coaches, like I saw it with Mooks here at, at at the Warriors. I've seen it, you know, with a number of the coaches that have got under the pump, you know, whether they're they're, they're Warriors coach or, or NRL coaches, and they go into their shells and they don't know what they say. Like at the end of the day, the conspiracy theorist needs to take his blinkers off because this is just part. What I realise is it's just part of work, and people like yourself and now me sitting on this side of the the, the tent, we go home at the end of the day and we don't really think that much about what we've just spent our day doing. It's just a job. We're just asking questions on behalf of the public. And I reckon sports should be getting people like yourself to come in and talk to them and say, hey, boys, I'm just doing a job. I went to journal- I went to journalist to, to school to do journalism and I do this for a living. But when, when I go home, I'm talking to Kempe about Where's just ask me runner next? You know, I'm talking about mm. you know where's Sh- Shannon going to to do her next gig? She's going up north or whatever. We don't take it home and 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 drill a, a hole in the ground and say right, I'm just going to bury you again tomorrow. It's just part and parcel of being 
in that environment. Yeah, I know what you mean, Kempe. Uh, there is a kind of an us versus them which narrative that... Especially in New Zealand. It comes about, and it only comes about when teams are under siege, and it's the old-fashioned siege mentality. Well, it doesn't only come about... Sorry, it becomes more evident when teams are under siege, and then it goes... And, you know, and like as... as uh, Sports journalists, I'm fully aware that, man, some, sometimes I bet you athletes or coaches get off the phone or they turn away from the media scrum and they go, oh, just absolute punishes. Like, I, I'm, I'm not thinking that we're all good mates with them. I get it. But do you, do you know what? The media people and the athletes that understand and are actually quite, not matey, but they are affable and they get on with people like myself. Like New Zealand cricket. Like New Zealand cricket. They always come across best. I, you know, I wanted to say to Devin this morning, like I just, I never got a chance to say it, but I just want to say, man, you guys are just so refreshing. Well, we've said it to Daz Mitchell. We said it to Michael Bracewell. Um, they just get on. Like there's no hassle. Like they're the biggest... You know what I found out yesterday, digit, digitally, mm. so their content going through the digital market is bigger than the All Blacks. Well, well the, the, yeah. Like, the, so so the their, brand, market and the their brand Pakistani is market so is, big, sure. and, and here these guys are, they're just like, hey man, yeah, no, what, is, what do you want to talk about? You know, they, their media manager goes, yeah, who do you want? Like, you get Devin Conway. Mm-hmm. Like, he's sitting there, hey boys, yeah, I'm just sitting next to the pool, what do you want to talk about? And he tells us everything, you know, like there's no... You know, there's no prying and and reaching to try and get an answer out of them. You just say, "Hey, man, you've been had a month off. You're up there. What are you what are you doing, man? The the pitches are really good. You know, I'm really looking forward to getting into it." And the context of why each sport, but in particular rugby, is so cagey is because they've had this decades, century long stand as New Zealand's sport and holding the power balance. And it's I said this. I said this on the weekend. Yeah. They have never been in this position before. Mm, you know what I mean? So it's like it's like black caviar running last. Oh man! And he and, he's, and, and he's stuck behind, to... <laughs> and he's stuck behind six other horses, and everyone's going. But you're never in that position. You're t- you're ten links out in front, and black caviar and the jockey and the owner and the trainer are all sitting there going, "We don't know what to do. Mm. We can't get black caviar out." So it's, look, and it's been uncomfortable for them. It's been really uncomfortable for them, and it's actually been really uncomfortable for them in particular because only two months ago, Kempe, me and you sat in a room where they explained how they were going to reimagine rugby, and that was before any of this happened, and they said they told us about how they'd be more transparent, how they're going to take risks, how New Zealand rugby, it was a new dawn for them, and it's uncomfortable now because it really hasn't been, or it has well, been. Well, it is a new dawn for them. And you remember when we left, I said the first thing we said, and it was... Again, they invited the media, which was cool. It was great, you know. Good on you for extending that olive branch and and letting us into the tent, kind of. But everyone left and everyone said the same thing. They didn't talk about the rugby at all. What happens if they start losing? And it's, I was thinking about this yesterday. That was only like a month, two months ago. Not that, not that long ago. It was. 10 weeks ago, maybe? And oh, how times have changed. Anyway, the other athlete that we've got incredible access to today is Joelle King. She was our flag bearer, Kempe. She won another gold medal overnight. Oh, excuse me. How did I forget? Um, Get that in the pile. Taking us to 49, 20 golds. It's her fifth gold, I'm reliably informed, altogether. And she's going to take the call and talk about the whole Commonwealth Games experience for her. She lost out. She didn't make a medal. She was a top seed women's player. She didn't medal in the women's singles event. 
Then she's come back and she's regathered herself, gone gold with Paul Cole in the mixed, gold in the women's doubles with her uh, partner there. Incredible achievement. So we'll catch up with Joelle, find out about how the Commonwealth Games experience has been going. So plenty throughout the morning. As I said, Ollie Ritchie after 8 o'clock. Then we'll open the lines to you at 8 o'clock as well. You can come through that whole hour. We can talk All Blacks. So we'll try and leave that till then if we can. Right now, Kempi, I want to talk a little bit of rugby league. Because yesterday there was some um, the news flow. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah, I think we do. Oh, by the by the way, Charlie tells he's telling you to harden up. <laughs> he said, "Good morning, fellas. I'm on the drive from Germany to Christchurch. You're freezing, Kimpy. Harden up, son." Hey, <laughs> hey, Charlie. I told that story about taking my son down to Dunedin. Have I told that one? I told so take him down to Dunedin, Charlie. Yeah. You know, Doing the uni- university trip this was seven years ago, stopping in Wellington, doesn't like Victoria, go down to Dunedin. So I go to Dunedin, he get he gets out, he does his <laughs> he does his rounds around the school. I'm sitting in the room of the hotel, turn the heater up, mate. I didn't want to go outside. It was that cold. And he gets back, and I just said to him when he left, "We'll go out for tea when you get back." Yeah, he gets back to the room. I say, "Room service, mate. <laughs> we ain't going anywhere." Not cut, I understand cut what you're saying, it. Charlie. Not it's cut cold it. down there. It is the big, the big freeze, Charlie. Thanks for your weather and track condition update. Yeah, it's different, different kettle of fish than uh, the tropical climate of Murawa. Yesterday, a bit of news out about another Warriors player heading, uh, well, departing the club, and here's a guy who burst onto the scenes ooh, three years ago, maybe, and just had a tantalising prospect who, admittedly. Elise Katoa has not quite probably been rounded into the player that maybe I and a lot of Warriors fans expected he could be by now. But I don't necessarily think that's at all fault of his own, Kempe. Well, it's not as I... It's not... Look, my phone wouldn't stop beeping last night when the announcement came out that he'd gone down and signed for Melbourne. Um... When he first came onto the scene, so he's come out of rugby union and he's made a crack of it straight away and he's playing out on the left edge. And I remember doing an interview, I, I think it might have been for you guys when you first started back on back last year about this kid playing on the left edge and the similarities to Ali Lautiti. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I, had a, I had a text last night from my good mate Jandals and Jandals like, you know, from my my FM, you know, journals, and he he's doing the you know does some emceeing down at the Warriors now and then, and he said, "My God, they've just let another one go." Here was our answer to Ali, uh, Ali and now he's gone. Basically, said now he's gone down to Melbourne to win a competition. The compounding errors you talk about the Warriors making compounding errors in games. The compounding errors made by the Warriors off the field is astounding. It is a mountain. It is not a it is not a molehill. It is a mountain in the last twelve months. You've got you and Aiken, Matt Hodge leaving the club. Um, you've got coaches being being let go and sacked. You've got second grade coaches being brought in as recruitment managers and head coaches. And now you're letting your best young talent walk out as well. Unbelievable, mate. What whatever it is that you don't think you can get right with Ali Lautiti, Ali Katoa. Whatever it is you haven't been able to get right, try harder. 
Like, and you know the thing thing is, you know it, I know it. If you're a true Warriors fan and you just want to, you want to live and die by the club, just ask. Look at yourself in the mirror when you brush your teeth this morning, and ask yourself if this is a good idea. It's not a good idea. It's done. It doesn't matter. Can I play you a little clip? Can I play you a little clip from the uh, Aussies? Jo- you know Joel and Fletch, our mates at eleven seventy. Oh, sugar! I know sugar. Sugar cane. Yeah, sugar. And um, big Brian Fletcher. This is Australia reacting to the news yesterday. Our man who we have been waxing lyrically. You have. Eli Katoa. Signed by who? Where's he gone? Who's the most uh, prudent when it comes to signing teams, players? Don't say the storm. Yep. Eli Katoa. Great signing. Well done to the Melbourne storm. I'm even going to go further. Yep. I'm going to say that he will be better than Felice. No question. No I'm further questions. Like he, he will. Yep. He's got the size. He's got the he's skill. He's a gun, Brian. He's, he's a, a gun. gun. They, they are sniggering in front of our faces, like as they do it. They are laughing at the pillaging that is going on. From this is like, I mean, it's it's actually almost worse than the Matt Lodge stuff. Oh, it's it's way it's way worse. It's systemic. It is. It's systemic. It is worse than the Matt Lodge stuff, and it is homegrown talent. It's it's everything that we talk about. It's everything that we talk about. Homegrown talent. First of all, we say we don't have enough talent. Well, here's an example of getting a kid out of the rugby union circles to come and play rugby league. That's the first. That's the first answer to your question. Yes, we do have the talent. We've got super franchises. We've got all of the NPC teams. All these kids that want to play with the Noble Ball. So we get that. The second part of it is that we have a bunch of Australians not knowing what the talent is, except the good ones, like Melbourne, who go, well, we'll have them. Can you imagine Frank Panisi just... It's not the Titans saying, give us Elise Kotoa. It is Melbourne. It is Frankie Panisi... Rubbing their hands when together. When Frankie Panisi phones you up and he says, mate, just give me... Here's the, here's, the, here's the nail in the coffin. When Frankie Panisi phones you up and he says, hey, Kempe, just all I'm after is a kid with size. Don't worry, we'll turn him into a footballer. They, they've just gone, we can't believe they're going to let this kid go. Yes, he's on the market, Balliate. What? We've just lost Kafusi to, to the Dolphins at 32. Let's pick this kid up. He's 24. You know what I mean? It is honestly, wake up this morning. You've seen that, you seen that TikTok thing going around in the, this morning. Instead of getting a pit of bread... Get, go down to the fish market and buy a salmon and give yourself a slap with it. Can't wait question of the day. I actually think it's a tortilla, Kimpy. <laughs> tortilla. Um, but <laughs> point taken. Yeah, Kez is pissing his pants in there. Point taken. He can't look at you. Actually, speaking of Kez, Jonathan's text. Never thought I'd hear the day Kimpy got sick of talking league. What a cold fella, too. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Hey, um, can't wait question of the day. Yeah, I don't know. Are you, are you, if you're a Warriors fan, are you? Can you bring yourself to picking up the phone, please? Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kenard's higher phone line. Can you do it? Can you bring yourself to giving us a call? Maybe the question's loaded, but I don't know. I feel like I want to lob it out there, Kimpy. You have a think because you've probably been involved in a couple of the dark years. Oh, yeah. With the full body of work that 2022 has brought us, and by the body of work, I mean the Warriors' work, which mostly has been pretty dire, 
Is this, are we actually in danger of this becoming the ugliest Warriors season yet? If you compiled the rap sheet of things that have gone array, and I understand they've been living out of a suitcase, I understand the context, okay, so there might be a bit of an unfair advantage to 2022 in these stakes, but it's just the reality. With everything compiled, and now this, and we'll play some Stacey Jones audio from the weekend, Coming off a flogging by the Rabbitohs, that was so embarrassing. Is this in danger of being the ugliest year yet? 0800-150-811. If you can bring yourself to giving me a call, please do. I'd love to hear from you. Double eight, double three. There are more passionate Warriors fans than me. There's about a million of you, probably. I, we always hear that there's that many members at the club. Well, you must be spitting this morning. 21 past six. Here with Kemmer's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Bing to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. 26 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. Is this season in danger of becoming the Warriors' ugliest yet with death by a gazillion cuts? Joe, you're in Gizzy. What do you make of it all, mate? Mate, I'm putting my rubbish out on the road at the moment because Wednesday's rubbish day in Gizzy at my place. Mate, I'm thinking of putting all my Warriors gear in one of these bags and sticking it out there and trying to change teams. It is a disaster. We continue to let players go who are going to be the future of the club, he'll go there and he'll thrive. And he'll be like Papa Lee, who we let go, who became Player of the Year at the Eels. Mate, we are constantly, constantly letting this youth go that Kimby keeps talking about. All these players we find, we grow, we educate into the, into the first grade, and then away they go. This is the worst season in, in 25 years, mate, this is the worst season. It's a debacle. You could get Stephen King to write a horror show, a book about this, mate. <laughs> it is just so, it's so bad. Every morning you wake up, every week we've got something going wrong. And we're not getting rid of the people we should be. We're getting rid of the future. And, and it's just, it's got to stop, Kempe. Kempe, it's got to stop. It has to you know, go. Where, where are we going? Where's our strategy? We keep talking about Kempe. Where is it? Yeah, you know, no. they, these guys are just as bad as the All Blacks with no PR, no coming to the table and telling us. <laughs> you know, they're just giving it away. 48-10 last weekend. You know, who we got this weekend? We'll get a blowout again and a blowout again and a blowout again because there's no ticket left, mate. There's no pride. We've only got, for, what, five games left. And guess what? No one's playing. Johnson's not playing. He's scared of going to the line and getting tackled. Now, Tavita Harris, this is going to be... He's off. Yeah, He's off to write poetry. Well, let's get him to write some poetry about this year and see how bad it is. Mate, it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. We've got tickets to the next home game. you know, And it's just like, well, sh- should we go? Should we get in our van, get our crew? Should yeah. we, Joe, should we Joe hotel, you should. You should. You know? Come up here. Come up here, Joe, and let's go have a Woodstock together. Let's sit at the top of Mount Smart, have a Woody, say... A few prayers ourselves. Put put lay them to rest for the year. You, Joe, I know you'll be here. You know you'll be here. You're sick for it, mate. But Kimpy makes lots of good points. It's um, it's not the players that were, <laughs> the players that were letting go are the opposites of the ones that we're keeping. Yeah, Joe. Look, Joe's he's a smart he's a smart fan. You know, I think that's what is really um, disappointing about this whole thing is that the fans are being sort of left in the, the 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 club think that they can put the put the wool over the fans eyes when you can't you can't if you think that Elise Katoa should be gone because the depth in the back row at the Warriors who can't make a break who give up 
a lot of penalties on those edges who take a centre in urine Aiken and turn him into a back rower because of this kid can't play. You've got rocks in your head. Seriously. You've got rocks in your head. The reason why you can't get this kid to the, to the top of his ability is because your development programme doesn't work. And you put him in a first grade because he's come out of rugby union and you expect him to do it all himself. And he's dead right, Joe, about uh, Isaiah Papali'i. Mate, he just needed some, some, some balance to understand his role, some development, and look where it took him in his first year. He was Rookie of the Year. He's had another massive year. He's tripled his contract value, and he should be one of the best back rowers playing for the Warriors currently. But guess what? We don't understand it. We don't understand it. Don't give me there's, no, there's too much depth in your back row. You're sitting 14th. There isn't enough depth in your back row. You've got average back rowers, and they should all be punted, and you should have kept this kid and developed them like Bellamy's going to do. We're sympathetic to Ali's circumstances. With so much competition for spots in the back row, he hasn't had many opportunities as he would have liked this year. We've also made key signings in that area for next year, so we really appreciate the contribution that Ali has made to our club since joining us and wish him every success for the future. Oh, he'll have plenty. That was Cameron George speaking on He's the a, departure. Uh, look, Cam, I'm sorry, mate, but you're a politician, okay? That's honestly, you need to really have a look at your, your club development program, and you can't keep bringing kids in because I'll tell you what the Les Couture, um now what you're doing is you're prophesizing your own problem, which is sending sending your best kids over to Australia. We, we lose enough of those every year, 500 to 1,000. So don't start sending your best kids over to Australia and giving them to Melbourne so they can go and win a competition because they just lost Felice Kofusi. Rahotu, I'll get to your text after I the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Jerry and Tim, yours too. Stay right there, everybody. away from seven this morning. Look, I'm sorry to have to do it, but we have to have this conversation about the Warriors yet again. Ali Katoa off to join Melbourne, and if you missed us, we laid the framework for this. The Aussies are sniggering in front of our faces. They cannot believe they have taken another one off us. It is too easy and it is too depressing for this early in the morning, but that's what we're here to do. Come vent with us, 0800 150 is this one of the worst seasons? Is this in danger of becoming the most ugly season? If you look at the negative body of work, death by a hundred ugly cuts. Rahotu says, I have been a diehard Warriors fan since 1995, Kempi. I have stopped watching them play for the first time ever. I refuse to watch them until they win three games in a row. I don't think I'll be watching a Warriors game this season. Correct. The signing of Johnson was a massive signal that this club was moving in the wrong direction with recruiting. Cheers, boys. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic uh, text message from Rahutu there. You know, just basically talking about you know having been there since 1995 and seeing what the club ne- uh, needs moving into this. I guess this new decade, uh, 2022. Mate, I don't know whether you'll see three wins in a row. Uh, I can't see it happening next year. Actually, do you remember when the Matt Lodge stuff played out and I asked you, Izzy and Smithy, when would the first year the Warriors could conceivably make a top four be? And the answer was all about, it was between 28 and 32. Yeah, like it's... And that's the reality, isn't it? Well, I think it's a... Personally, I think there's a lot more water to go under the bridge before the season's out. Seriously. 
I think there's uh, a number of, for me, a number of things playing out behind the scenes. I wouldn't be, I'll put it out there now, I wouldn't be surprised if the club gets put up for sale. You know, it's just heading, it's heading down a, down a rabbit hole. You can't, you can't continue to do the things that you're doing and, and, and making noise saying you're doing wonderful things when, when you're not, you that, know. That, that just felt like one of those little throwaway comments that you know more than you're saying there. <laughs> yeah. Now, look. Because you I know, lo- Jerry. I, 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 love the, I love the club. <laughs> I, you know, I, what I, I, I love the club, but I, what I don't love is this continued um, – it's 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 just a pile of rebel. It is, man. It's just a pile of rebel that's been going on and on. We've been in the finals once in eleven years. We're expecting because we've signed a a back row from from Parramatta, another back row from Newcastle, um, three young halfbacks that can't even get past Wade Egan at five eight to turn things around next year, and an aging Sean Johnson. Like seriously, and like wake me that- up from the nightmare. See, you know, like wake me up from the nightmare and tell me that I'm dreaming. Like every other fan that can see the writing on the wheels, like wall, like Rahutu. It's just, it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle, and there's nothing to break it. And on the back of that, and on the back of that, let's sign two assistant coaches that were here before. The second in charge at Penrith, by the way, Trent Barrett was the bee's knees apparently at Penrith with Ivan when they won the competition and lasted not even half a season at Canterbury. So. Writing's on the wall there for me. And the second one is, yeah, Cappy comes back in a recruitment job because he doesn't want to coach. Cut it out. Guys, a few months ago, Kempi was campaigning for an NRL expansion team out of Crusaders country. Yeah, that's right, Jerry, the Southern Bears. How about just selling the Warriors team the licence to the Crusaders in the hurt and just do it? Hey, Jerry, that's a, I, think you're, I think that's a crystal ball um, conversation. I actually, you know, part of me says that, you know, it's probably not what, the owners thought it was meant to be, you know. Part of me says that as it as it continually um, heads down the rabbit hole, maybe that license does come up. Maybe it does move to the South Island. I'm pretty sure that you know there are other people other than myself and Louie and every fan in New Zealand that wants the Warriors to do well. So um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure something's going to happen, mate. Give it to Joe. Can't beat the passion. Says oh, of course, Tim. Joe's Joe's wonderful. It's not passion though. It's just passion. It's actually well thought out comment. Yeah, well, he's had he's had rehearsal. Yeah, and, he's, and he's had practice. Kimpy. Here's the thing with rugby league fans, and this is this is another part of you know, like I'll decide what I do because I own the club. Well, now your fans decide whether or not you have a club because they are the ones that wear your brand and give you a profile. This is a guy who genuinely literally quoted saying I paid him talking about Matt Lodge so I paid him out well talking about money from a salary cap pool yeah like that, I, I just think that's really naive fundamentally that's just incorrect and naive and actually damaging so and I'll just give you an example so here's a guy called Joe lives in Gisborne who jumps in a van with his six mates that travels to Auckland to watch a game of rugby league. He's actually coming up because he said that it's to the Canterbury game, mm. which is on Friday night. We, we, we're going to commentate it, me and Sammy Hewitt, with Pip Morris on the sideline on SENZ yeah, go on, from Pip. 7 o'clock. But the point is, and most of the people that come to the Warriors games, they're 
they're like scratching together the fees to pay to get into the ground. Correct. So here's a guy from Gisborne with six people in a van. He's not the only person from around New Zealand that loves this club that travels up every week, the loyal faithful that support the club. I reckon that weekend would cost in the vicinity of five grand. Arguably. Well, petrol prices at the moment, easily. Well, petrol, van, accommodation for two days, food, and probably two big nights out in the casino. 100 bourbons, <laughs> responsibly. But my point being, they are so faithful. Imagine, Louis, if you got it right. Well, that's and that's where the conversation about should we, you know, do you want to pull stumps and go to the South Island? Do, you know, like... And so much, so much of me actually says no because I want to see this out. But and we've had the conversation that NRL is a young competition. The Warriors are a young team. How do you think the Chicago Cubs te- felt? Supporters felt for a hundred years. You know, like this has happened. There is precedent for this in sport, but man, it's hurtful. The club hasn't been the same since the Warriors got rid of John Acklin. That's an unnamed texter. Who was that? Let me know because Kempi will want to know as well. That was probably John Acklin. Let's <laughs> let's park that for now. And we'll come back to it very quickly. Love Racing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Do one thing. Go to Love Racing and look at the Hospitality NZ Carberry Grand National Hurdle tomorrow. And go and have a look at Happy Star. Happy Star. There'll be a very happy group of owners off for a golf trip, which I hear the rumour mill swirling is going to be that of a a lifetime tomorrow. If the Happy Star gets up, for Kevin Myers and Sean Phelan, it's party time. Massive signal that Sean Phelan's taken the ride in the hurdle. Tomorrow at Rickerton Park, it's race seven. He would have had the pick, you'd have to say, of Kevin Myers' runners. They're all equal in the market. But I think happy star from Barry on with Sean Phelan and a very giddy group of owners off to oh, play some, let's say, good, really good golf. They will be very excited, so... That's tomorrow, the Grand National Hurdle. We'll give that a preview. Do one thing. Go to loveracing.nz. Just have a look at that race and tell me you don't come up with Happy Star on top as well. 19 away from 7. 0800 150 811. Let's have a spell. Joe, Jonathan, we'll get and Richie will get you a text on the Warriors for the end of the hour. But after this, it is Quizzy Dag. 0800 150 811. Willem and Trav wants to get somebody off to the Gold Coast Boost Mobile 500. I've got a $50 TAB bonus bet to give the winner. Come through. Take on the Kemp Master. On your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. You're mine. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. 
It's Chrissy Dad. We're going to the go-go! Yeah, that's right. Who wants to head over to the Indy Gold Coast 500 with Quizzy Dag? All you have to do is answer five questions and you'll go into the draw to join me, Izzy, Louie. We might even take Joe and Kez up because Joe needs a bit of help after that intro. Seriously, Joe, mate, Louie takes his eyes off you for one second. One second. (laughs) Come on, mate. Pull it together. (laughs) All right. We're going to open it up. We're going to open it up with Jade first off. First cab off the ring. Morning, Jade. Morning, Akimpi. How are you, mate? Oh, catch your boy. Catch your boy. A little bit uh, better after having a little bit of a vent about the Warriors losing our, our good mate uh, Kotoa to Melbourne. But uh, that's another story. Let's get started, eh, with the Quizzy Dag. Uh, question number one Who sits top of the EPL after game week one? Tottenham. Ooh, very good, Jade. Very good. <laughs> question number two. That's a good Was that a guess? Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love I'm, it. I'm driving, boys. I'm driving. I can't Google and drive. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you, yeah, well, you have to be quick for this one. Where does Scott Dixon sit on the IndyCar Series Championship? Uh, let's say third, eh? Oh. Oh, very close. Very, very close. All right. Sorry about that, Jay. Thank you for ringing in. Call back in tomorrow. Uh, we're going to John down in Christchurch. Morning, John. G'day, Kimpy. How are you, Bill? Yeah, good, man. All right, Scott Dixon, where does yep. he sit in the IndyCar Series Championship? I'm pretty sure I heard on the news last night, fourth, I think. Ooh, <laughs> wrong side. Kids, <laughs> were you watching the news? <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. All right, next off the rack, let's go to Brett from Huntley. Oh. Uncle Brett. Mate, what about your Warriors? Have you spoken to Tawera? Hey, What's hey, happening? Hey, 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 hey. Tūrangawao versus Taniwharau in the final this week, Kaz. Oh, who you got? Third year in a row. What do you mean, who I got? <laughs> Taniwharau will restore balance to the forces here. Oh, he's got the Koronei Hunter too, mate. Tūrangawao all day. All day. Let's go back. Let's go back and answer this question. Scotty Dixon sits in the... Where does he sit in the IndyCar Series Championship? Second behind uh, Will Power. Good man. All right. Question number three. Was on the news last night. What was that? What was, was he watching then? What was he listening to if he seen fourth? <laughs> How many gold medals has our New Zealand team won? Five. Four. I answered it. 20 now. 20 after Joel. Ooh, Must nice. Must have a black spot. Yeah, good work. Okay, you're on a you're on a roll. You're on a heater. How long has Kurt Lee? Is it Lee Andres? Andres Arends? Kids, how do you say that? Arendisi. Arendisi been suspended for after his reckless challenge on Bowden Bar. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that bloke. Obviously, I don't know. Four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I had to read the rest of the question to remember how to say his name. Old dyslexic got stuck. Sorry about that. All right, here we go. And, oh, mate, you know this. Oh, boy, this is This is right. Who let Brett win another quiz? Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Which club will Elisa Katoa Leave the Warriors for next season. <laughs> My team and Tawi the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Michael Bray in the draw again for the 500th time. It's going to be the Gold Coast Brett 500 by the time we're done. Uh, the draw, by the way, is coming. It's coming up. We're at the start, right at the start of September, so we're not far away, but there's still time to get in it. It can't just be Brett and Ed and Tim and Richie duking it out, 25% chance each. So 800, 150, Adeline, every time this morning, Brett takes a little $50 bonus bet as well, which he will no doubt smack straight on the Melbourne Storm to win next year's Premiership. Seven minutes away from seven. A couple of texts on the Warriors to wrap up the hour after this. Tim, very quick and very good from you. You should just take all those loyal listeners you mentioned to the Gold Coast. What a trip, lol. Yes, it would be a good trip, Tim, but you have to wait for the draw. Hey, um, here's one from Quinton talking about Ali Katoa and the, the Melbourne Storm have signed him. He's leaving the Warriors for next year. We all know what's going to happen. He'll be a Kiwi. Kimpi, you keep saying the culture at the club has to change. How do you know that Katoa was going to be part of that culture to change? Well, yeah, look, Quinton, I think the the point being is that the culture isn't isn't there in the first place. Um, you know, if you're looking if you're looking for a measure in a, in and around the back row, for instance, you can nail it down to that position. You only have to look at Isaiah Papali. So you let him go. He apparently doesn't fit into your into your team, your culture, anything to do with the club, and he goes to Parramatta of all places and picks up the Rookie of the Year, gets developed into probably the best back rower in the second row. Actually, played for the Kiwis and played pretty well this year against the Tongans. Um, I don't think this kid who's... I don't know if you've, you've listened to him. He doesn't say a hell of a lot. Um, is is a player like a David Clemmer that doesn't walk off the field when the coach tells you to come off. I don't think he's that person. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the, the – he's not going to be the flip of the coin there, Quinton. Um, but, look, it's an interesting question and well worth sending in. Jesus, how dangerous is opening up that Vodafone message <laughs> voicemail line to leave a favourable message to the Warriors? Jared. Jared, this is the thing, though. We still support them and we still want them to be better. But we can also be wanting to vent and be extremely frustrated by an ugly, ugly year. Joelle King hasn't had an ugly year. She's had a wonderful year. She's had a great Commonwealth game. She's up after 7 o'clock with us. After we get ourselves a McCafe coffee in here, the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Support a healthy gut with the Metamucil range at Chemist Warehouse. Now starting from 1869. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Four minutes past seven o'clock, SCNZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Daggy sunning himself in Fiji. Kempi and myself, Louis Herman Watt, riding you through till 9am this morning in Kempi. We had to start on a little bit of a punchy note this morning with the Ali Katoa situation. How are you feeling? Oh, look, I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay. I, I was a, bit, a little bit disappointed when I... No, no, I'm lying. Okay, so... Just the, the, the constant mistakes, I can put it down to. I'm trying to look for the right words to say, but the, the mistakes made at the top in and around hiring and firing and resetting is, is such a, a ramble, a, a rubble. Is that what you call it? Rabble. A rabble. Um, yeah, man. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I like to definitely have an opinion about uh, things that are, are going on, or, or especially in rag, hey, rugby league. You're not alone. But yeah, like, I, I think the Ali Katoa uh, one is just a, it's, it's a smack in the face. It seriously is. It's symptomatic of a terrible year, compounding errors on and off the field. I'm wondering, is it the ugliest year the Warriors have had? And I understand the trying circumstances, but Mark says, what about the Muppets running them? And the good young player gone, oh well, he'll be a champion, come back to terrorise them. Joe says, gents, we need an entire reboot. We need to burn the clubhouse to the ground, not literally, obviously, and become a phoenix and rise from the ashes. <laughs> we are like a retirement <laughs> home for players where you come to get paid in a training club for coaches. There is no loyalty to the fans anymore, and that is what I worry about Joe. That's a great text. People like yourself feel like you're having your back turned on. Right. And more positive news. Before we talk uh, the All Blacks in the next hour, let's take some time through here, 7 to 8 this morning, Kempi. We're going to catch up with Devin Conway at 20 to 8, and he's in the Caribbean. SCNZ's got live commentary of the Black Caps West Indies series, T20 and ODIs. Can't wait for that. And we'll catch up with Devin Conway. But before then, and this is really cool, because we have been in here every morning watching the Commonwealth Games, and they were our most successful games. And they were capped off overnight with another gold medal from our most successful Com Games athlete, Joelle King, won her second final, her second gold medal at Birmingham, alongside Amanda Landers-Murphy in the women's doubles, just hours after her and Paul Cole, dear friend of the show, took the mixed doubles titles. For Joelle, she was the flag bearer in the opening ceremony. These Commonwealth Games have been an emotional roller coaster from the outside, and it's so so cool to be able to welcome her into the show this morning to debrief it all. How are you doing, Joelle? Thanks so much for taking our call. Hi, guys. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I think relief is probably the word that comes to mind. You know, it's been an absolutely huge uh, 10 days for me, as you can imagine. You, mu- um, you must be exhausted. Pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah, you must I be exhausted. exhausted. Um, yeah, yeah, I am. That's, you know, I'm sitting here at the New Zealand house. We've got a team function right now and all the athletes are here, which is pretty cool. Um, nice way to finish it off, but to be honest, my bed is looking pretty inviting right now. <laughs> hey, how is it? How special <laughs> is it to be sharing those gold medals with Amanda and Paulie? Oh, it's amazing. You know, we've got such a tight-knit group within our squash community um, and within our group here. You know, it's it's not just 
sharing it with those two. Obviously, we're the ones out on court, but our coaches, our young team who have been here every step of the way, every single day, they're there cheering so loud for us. So it feels like this is a real team effort, um, and we all celebrate each other's success. So it's it's awesome to win with those two, but to be here with this team and, and win with them alongside is, is awesome. Hey, Joel, you're not... You're not new to high-level sport or the kind of cauldron, let's call it, but I get the sense that these Commonwealth Games were a little bit different for you. Do you want to talk us through why they were so special and just th- that emotional roller coaster and kind of give us the pit stops? Yeah, I mean, obviously starting with being selected as flag bearer, it's just one of the biggest honours of my life, to be honest, to be selected out of so many amazing athletes that we have. You know, there's so many people they could have chosen, um, so to be selected to lead the team out was huge and emotional. Um, those first couple of days were, I was very tired. It was just such overwhelming emotion. Um, and I guess coupled with the fact I came into this tournament top seed trying to defend my gold medal, um, it was there was a lot of stress, to be honest, um, that, I, that I put on myself. You know, I when you win a gold medal, you your expectation is gold. And... Um, to come in, you know, top seed. It was something I hadn't actually experienced before, you know. Um, there was a lot of different emotions this time. A lot of, I felt very stressed um, in the singles and just wanting, you know, to do my best, but it just came up short. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things I was absolutely devastated for two days, you know. Anytime I saw a sad post or someone just said something to me, I cried and I was really disappointed in myself. Um but that's that's the village around me that all got behind me. Um, not just not just the squashies, my family, the wider New Zealand team. You know, just seeing other athletes and they were just wishing me to to get back up and and go again. You know, and I just I lo- sort of sat in my room and I was like, I don't want to be defined by this one. You know, the singles. Yeah, I lost, but I gave it everything I had on on each day, and it it came up short. Um, so let's go back and, and prove myself in the doubles. And, you know, to go through a mixed doubles event at the Commonwealth Games and a, a women's event and not even drop a game, I think that's just testament to um, my character and, and how my partners actually helped me and carried me through. Yeah. That, hey, Joel, thanks a lot for sharing that vulnerability with us. And, and we do, you know, obviously notice that there was um, a lot of stress after that, that singles match that... Uh, you didn't pull off, but you came back, as you said, won two gold medals, this uh, testament to your character. For for the listeners there, what is that like to sort of dig yourself out of that moment where there's a little bit of despair, there's a little bit of distress? Do you use a certain technique or was it just that you surrounded yourself with good people and, and started to, um, again, just message right within yourself to say, right, I, I'm, I am good, I can do this, I've still got more more games to go out there and win gold medals? Yeah, I think there was a, a number of things that really helped. Um, you know, number one, the people that you have around you are really important. So my coaches, um, like within my New Zealand team, but my coaches that are with me, you know, in my own individual career, my sports psychologist, um but a big part of it was actually my family. Like, no one knows you better than your family, right? And having these phone calls with my brother, my dad, you know, one day I just, my dad called me and I just cried on the phone with him and he said, it's okay, you know, just just let it out, I'm, I'm here. 
So I think it's important also when you're feeling that way to actually let it out. Sometimes we try to be too hard and push those emotions down and that can come back to bite you a little bit later um, and if you haven't actually dealt with it. Because it's, it's like going through a bit of grief, you know. Um, sport is full of big highs and very big lows. Um, and dealing with the grief and letting it out is a big part of how you can move on. So I think those two days actually served me really well to just let it out. Um, and then, yeah, just, just conversations with people. And, you know, I, I was the one night I, I was awake till about 3 a.m. just sobbing in my room. And the next morning I woke up and I, I was just felt really determined is the word that comes to mind. I, I wanted to go back on that court. Sometimes, you know, when something like that happens, you can be a bit scared of going back on the court. I wanted to go back out there and, and just prove to myself that this doesn't define me, you know. This this is just one loss, and it doesn't mean it's the end or anything like that. So how are you going to come back and, and be stronger? And I thought, I just want to make myself proud. Uh, and honestly, this is probably one of the proudest weeks of my life, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. It is, Kempi. That is, I'm getting tingles there, Joel. That's amazing. And like that, you know, being an individual athlete, <laughs> you know, like it must be. How, how much doubles do you play outside of the Commonwealth Games? Because being an individual athlete, like you're on your own so much. And then you're speaking about being in the team environment. And you've obviously showed huge resilience yourself. But you know, the benefit of being around people and sharing that as experiences with Paul and Amanda and being there on the court and having someone that has your back, it must have just been such an amazing experience. Oh, it's huge. It's um, it's quite a different vibe playing, like you say, we're individuals, so most of the time it's just you and you yourself um, on the court there, you know, trying to figure things out. And it's, it's quite nice to share the, the um, emotions and share the court with someone that you can bounce off and you know just we we understand each other so well also um purely not from playing doubles but just the friendships we have off the court we know each other you know we can see when each other's stressed or what have you um, things are not going so great um and and that's when we really step up for each other so i think it's it's a very nice feeling to be playing in something like this um to have someone to share the load with like i say Hey, hey, Joel. Just I'm I'm just sitting here listening to your conversation, and it you know, um, it's one that's really needed out there in the in the public sector, especially at the grassroots level. What what rocks your boat as you get into your your twilight years for for later on in life? Do you think about giving back and and what you could do for sports people, especially in minority sports uh, in New Zealand? Absolutely. Like, it's funny, when I was younger, I never dreamed I would actually ever want to coach or anything like that. But I think the fact I'm I'm turning 34 next month, I've been doing this for a long time, the experiences and something like what I've just been through in this event, you know, you can't buy that. And I think for a lot of athletes, they when you've been through it yourself and you're telling someone these things, it's, a, it's the buy-in, you know, and... I, I would love to, um, once I retire, whenever that is, <laughs> um, at some stage, definitely be involved with athletes in any sort of sport and just try and help them to, um, you know, pursue their dreams and, and follow follow whatever their heart desires, really, because that's, that's what I've done. You know, I was a little girl in Cambridge um, who started playing squash, 
had some dreams to go and do it. And, and look, you know, 33 years old, I'm still playing and as one of the top players in the world, um, just taking home another two medals in the Commonwealth Games. I couldn't have dreamed of that. And there's been so many key people along the way in my career that have shared their experiences to help me. So I really hope one day I can do the same. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You, uh, <laughs> so I'll read this to you. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to make you uh, feel funny or anything. But here's a, here's a message from Matt that's come through a double eight double three. One of our listeners, interview of the year. She is amazing. Media training people or miscommunication managers should pay this interview to people. So people out there think that you could be a resource one way or another, Joel. So I don't know. That's um, it pro- probably wasn't your ambition at the start of these games to be the interview of the year. But honestly, it's just it's so refreshing just to hear you be so vulnerable and honest, as Kimpy said. Well, what's next for you? Because I know that this kind of encroaches on your season. We're speaking to Paul and he said he's pretty much straight back into it. So do you get a bit of downtime or are you just straight into the swing of things again i'm actually on a flight to portugal tomorrow um i'm taking a couple of days off just to you know let myself be um i'm going with my partner amanda so we're going to celebrate our gold medal out there together um but yeah it's it's i think you know it's very important to um i've the last three games i've been really stupid and straight off the the finals I've gone straight into another tournament and it's not gone well because I've just mentally needed to let myself be so this time we decided you know let's let's have a break go to Portugal and um, refresh and and get ready for my first tournament which is going to be in September so I've got a little bit of time and you'll go there and you'll win because you're our champion hey Joel, we just—I just really want to personally say thank you very much for coming on this morning and and sharing uh, some really oh, great insight. You know, I want you to give your dad a call and give him a big kiss and a cuddle from me because I remember that same conversation uh, that I had with my dad on more than one occasion. And to be able to share that with us here is is, yeah. is vitally important. Um, you've been a champion. Uh, we love you guys. I, I, I said to the boys. I've become a real squash fanatic since watching you and Paulie because you sit right in the middle of the TV most mornings when you guys are playing here and I'm just going, man, these guys are really awesome. So I just want to thank you for coming on the Izzy and Kempe uh, show for breakfast. They're right, an uh, awesome interview this morning and we wish you well for the rest of the year. Go well. Thank you so, so much, you guys. Great talking to you. No worries. There you go. Joelle King, uh, double gold medalist from Birmingham 2022. Five for her total, making her the tied most ever with Valerie Young. She is a champion New Zealander. That's why she was the flag bearer. It didn't go to plan. The low of lows, 3 a.m. sobbing, resilience, determination, and then to tell the story, carrying away two golds, that is, I mean, that's why oh, we do it, Kim. I'll tell, tell you what, the goosebumps. I don't want to take anything away from you. When she said, you know, phone my, phone my dad, you know, it's a family that really pulled you through. I'd, <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that. I remember those phone calls, you know, when you when you, when you you miss out on teams and you're being dropped and you're at the bottom of your, of your hill, you know what I mean? You've got to climb it again and your dad just goes, yep, yeah, I know, mate, it's okay. You'll get back there. Come on. Pick yourself back up off the ground. Let's go again. And the the conversation for especially athletes at the top of the game that they have with their parents, um, especially, I don't know if you can put that in a bottle. Because if you could, man, that'd be great. 
How amazing is Joe King? The single goal was her goal. Would have been so easy to sink into her self-pity. Picked herself up and doubled up with two times with Paul and Amanda. True legend. Would have been easy to let herself fall apart. I'm so, so, so proud of her. That is Jerry on double eight, double three. Jerry and Matt, thank you for coming through with those messages. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you want to um, come through with what you've experienced out of these Commonwealth Games, not necessarily from the squash pool and Joel, um, we've obviously got an affinity with them here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast at SCNZ. But just in general, what have you kind of made of these games? Aaron Gate, six events, isn't a huge accomplishment in itself, but then to go and win four of them. Can you put that into words? Can Have you ever seen anything like that? Um, personally, I don't know if I have. Right back at the start of the Com game, Sophie Pascoe battling grief, battling COVID. During it, um, we've had the Sevens girls miss out on, well, a final that they thought they were going to make, the heartbreak. Alice Zyman and Shauna Polly yesterday missing out on bronze, the heartbreak. Joelle King, the heartbreak. The highs are highs, the lows are lows. What have these games represented to you? 0800-150-811. Come through on the Kennard's High Phone Line. We'd love to hear from you. But after this, Kempi will be off the back fence at 21 minutes past seven here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. As a father, you would be just, uh, you would be distraught if the father of another child challenged the integrity and mana of your kid. On the weekend, Canberra coach Ricky Stewart showed a total lack of respect and stepped over that line when he abused the player in the Penrith team who had a run-in with his own son when he was only 12 years old. Now the issue sits with the integrity unit of the NRL and while we wait for an outcome, public opinion is calling for a strong and meaningful penalty so that this doesn't happen again. Now given this recent event, the Canberra hierarchy would be considering if anyone would send their child to Canberra under the leadership of someone as volatile as Ricky Stewart. Is this the straw that breaks Ricky's back? A recidivist offender with 130 Ks in fines, mostly given post-match interview after post-match interviews. For me, this could be the beginning of the end for Ricky Stewart. Will the NRL make an example or will they sweep another painful under the uh, another painful issue under the carpet? Although a heavy pen- penalty is forthcoming, the NRL will probably only give him a rap across the knuckles. You know, where Salmon kicked Tommy, it ain't on. And I've had history with that kid. I know that kid very well. He's, he was a weak gutted dog as a kid and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak gutted dog person now. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, I just wanted to play that just so we could hear it again, Kempy, with your words echoing. And from a parent's perspective, which I am not, now with your perspective on it, you're right. That would be a sinking feeling. That's a full-grown man who's had a lifetime in the NRL professional sport, not just questioning somebody's character, dragging somebody's character, and not just somebody but a kid's character. He's saying that he's a weak-gutted dog as a kid. And that's, with that lens that you've just brought to the table, it actually makes me shudder a wee bit. Yeah, well, you've got to take, you've got to take your NRL lenses off and look at, I guess, this, the, the sanity of the club. And hopefully they can make some sane decisions around this. You know, like... If they accept it, see, see, I went straight into the mode of, well, what would a CEO do? You know, having had to witness publicly that type of comment 
And, you know, we all got people that we don't like in this world, but we don't take, uh, I guess, well, Ricky did um, the opportunity to go out and say something. But the worst thing about this, to, to, a, to a story that when this Cubs, this kid Salmon was only 12 years old, like, you know, he, he, Ricky's a decent bloke. I've I got I to say that. He's a good bloke. He does a lot of good stuff, especially here in New Zealand. He's always over here promoting the game of rugby league in New Zealand. I know, know for a fact that in Christchurch alone, he goes down there and, and does at no cost um, to him, to him uh, for him to get into into rugby league um, charity runs so he, we could ra- raise money in our sport. But that doesn't make this comment okay. And it doesn't make this comment okay if you are um, the Canberra club because now you'd have to consider if your kid would go there under that under the gu- uh, the guidance of Ricky Stewart if he's making those comments about other kids you know it, 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 it's a real tough one my my hope is that the NRL would do something will do something um, substantial in this so that so we set a precedent but precedent will probably be set will be a um, a wreck over the knuckles he'll he'll get a minimum um, suspension and a, and a, and a, another fine and and a hundred thirty k's and fines already says that he doesn't really care about those um, and they should really put the you know integrity unit I, th- I think the the word integrity isn't understood by a lot of people the integrity unit should do their job in this instance half past seven this morning Ricky Stewart under the spotlight for some very very harsh language. Weak, gutted dog, he said in that post-match. Uh, that's Kempi's off the back fence. If you're just tuning in and missed that, head to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, the podcast channel, and catch up with that. Strong stuff, Kempi. Half past seven, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. A couple of messages on the rugby league, including the Warriors situation, where Ali Katoa is heading offshore. He's going to play for the Melbourne Storm next year, and we've got some very upset Warriors fans reacting that we will get to in a second. Half past seven here, SCNZ. <laughs> SCNZ, we are 27 away from 8 o'clock this morning. The closing games of the ceremony... No, the cl- no, sorry. <laughs> the closing ceremony of the games, get it out, is going on right now in Birmingham. Novak Djokic and Andy Murray, were they... Well, that's a rain delay, so that's a replay. But they're going on in the APT, ATP Tour at the moment. Nick Kyrgios won in Washington. Rafa this morning was very strong against Medvedev. Around the world, there's plenty happening, including the Black Caps lining up to play the West Indies on Thursday morning. SCNZ will have you live coverage of that event. The All Blacks, well, they are over in South Africa, and they are in the midst of probably what will be a crisis. We'll catch up with Ollie Ritchie up after 8 o'clock and hear how he is reporting and what he is seeing on the ground in South Africa. And to start this hour, well, here's a text from Megan. An absolute champion, Joel King, should be so incredibly proud of herself, have loved seeing the camaraderie between all of the teams supporting one another. A true village. Here, here, Megan, an absolute true village. This was Joel King with us just a bit earlier. I was absolutely devastated for two days, you know. Anytime I saw a sad post or someone just said something to me, I cried and I was really disappointed in myself. But that's that's the village around me that all got behind me. Not just the squashies, my family, the wider New Zealand team, you know, just seeing other athletes and they were just wishing me to to get back up and and go again, you know. And I just, I sort of sat in my room and I was like, I don't want to be defined 
by this one, you know, the singles. Yeah, I lost, but I gave it everything I had. So let's go back and, and prove myself in the doubles. And she did just that. Jerry says, thinking the Japanese Olympics or the Japan Olympics Tokyo pursuit motivated Aaron Gate. Never seen a more unlucky event ever. Does four com games make up for that disappointment? Well, he's actually spoken about that, and that's 100% correct, Jerry. It did motivate him. Appreciate your messages there. So, lots going on. We'll keep you updated with all the sport happening throughout the Tuesday morning um, as we progress. As I mentioned, Devon Conway not far away to talk some cricket, and then after 8 o'clock, we will be talking some rugby with Ollie Ritchie Gull looking after our sports headlines here, fueling your mission all year round. Now, Kempi, Ali Katoa will be on a mission next year when he heads out to Melbourne to prove a point, won't he? I, oh, you know, and and taking the glass half full approach. How exciting! How exciting for uh, Ali to be thinking about going there and being coached by the best coach in the competition, inside arguably the best structure and system that. Just continually plays finals football every year. So um, uh, the exciting part for me, you know, uh, disappointing that he's leaving. So, okay, now you've got to get on with it. The exciting part about it is someone realising their potential under a development system. So now we're going to see a kid who's born in outer rugby union with only a year's development comes in and can play first grade. That in itself says that the kid can play. You know, so he's, he's made it in a year into the NRL. What will two, three years of development do to a 21-year-old? I think that's how old he is. Um, when he starts to hit and mature into that body. 22, but yeah, yeah, that's so right. He's 20, you know, so at 26, this kid is hitting his straps. And that's where you should be able to, I'm just going to keep saying it, in the development model, you should be able to say at 26, this guy wins us a comp. That's what um, Sugar and, and Fletch were saying. Yeah, actually, let's play that. Let's play that again because I think this is important. Um, this is Australia. We, look, this is Joel and Fletch. They do the run home on SEN 1170 in Sydney. I think this is actually important context because we've all got Australian mates. This is how the Aussies react to s- sneering our players in front of our faces. Our man who we have been waxing lyrically. You have. Eli Katoa. Where's Signed he, by who? Where's he gone? Who's the most uh, prudent when it comes to signing teams, players? Don't say the storm. Yep. Oh. Eli Katawa. Great signing. Well done to the Melbourne Storm. I'm even going to go further. Yep. I'm going to say that he will be better than Felice. No question. No further questions, Your Honour. Like he, he will, because yep. he's got the size, he's got the he's skill. He's a gun, Brian. He's, he's a, a gun. gun. He's a gun. Like, oh, seriously. <laughs> it's like... I'm just I'm putting my hands up and my eyes here because you can't see him, but it's like take the blinkers off. Like he he can play that he just needed to be developed. Okay, here's a couple of messages. Morning boys, how have they let him go, or has he not kicked the door down or kicked on like people thought he would? Seems like an odd decision. Well, Costa, he might not have kicked on like people thought, but he's 22, and who who in this Warriors side has kicked on like they thought they would? It's not a reflection on him. There are players that I've got in front of him for whatever reasons, but we all know what's going to happen. PJ says, what parents would let their kid even sign for the Warriors the way they treat young players at the moment? Come on, the Southern Bears. The sooner the better for Southern talent. PJ, you're obviously based down there. Here's one. Albert Vesse and Sam Lasoni never really delivered after being let go. Both had huge promises, youngsters. Yeah, but, like, 
that's accepting mediocrity from a from a from a from a systemic issue and saying, well, let's just let them go because they 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 showed heaps of promise and because they didn't at the Warriors that they're never going to make it. Or well, Sammy Lasani kicked on for the Titans, and Albert Vetti, you know, he he was another kid that came from rugby, and and not all of them are going to be champions, but Albert Vetti and I think um, Ali Couture are two different style of players. When you're looking, for, see. We're looking for an Ali Lautiti, and we have been since 2005 when he left, haven't we? We had one in Ali Kotoa, as far as I was concerned. Morning, lads. Morning, lads. Ali Kotoa has made a great move. He's leaving an absolute shambles that is the Warriors. He's going to be taught by the best coach in rugby league history. Play with some of the game's most elite players, and he'll be plugged into a system. Kempi, this person's been dizzy and Kempi for breakfast and listened to your initial take on this at 6 o'clock, the podcast channel. I hold him... Uh, by a system that will consistently play finals football. Great move by him. I hold no grudges and I'm just gutted we can't get the best out of him. Here, here, leave your name with that text. I could not agree more. And on Ricky Stewart, it's professional sport. If players don't like it, they won't sign. This is a Canberra organisation issue. It's a reflection of a toxic and bully accepted culture. CEOs should stand him down or stand down immediately and the club should cut Ricky but they won't. All clubs too weak. Daniel in Auckland. Yeah, look, that, and that's a good. That's a really good text. That's that's the point that I was trying to make. Is that from an organisational point of view, you know, where do you where do you stand? Because the decision that you make in and around this is going to say one of two things. It's okay to say it, and we're going to continue to pay your fines and allow you to do it, or we're going to put a line in the sand and move the club in a different direction. Fantastic insight and analysis on the Team for Bed Post text machine this morning. You guys are absolutely flying. Double eight, double three to keep it coming through. And up after 8 o'clock, I want your calls on the All Blacks. 0800-150-811. The Kenata phone line is about to be unshackled to talk some rugby, and I want you to do it with us. 20 away from 8, Devin Conway, star Black Caps batsman, up after this. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. While the Black Caps show rolls on into another month, country, and how about this, Kempe, a continent even. The squad on the ground of the Caribbean has been bolstered by a huge influx of experience on and off the field. They didn't drop a game on their swing through Ireland, Scotland, and the Netherlands. And although the challenge against the West Indies is significantly more so, the momentum will hopefully stay the same in a crucial lead-up series to the T20 World Cup Top order star Devin Conway is back with the team. He's back with us now. It's been a while. G'day, Dev. You, you're probably, what are you, live from the pool or whereabouts are you? <laughs> Correct. I'm live um, from the swimming pool. Uh, I'm just resting and recovering after a nice good morning session of training. So, um, yeah, life's good in the Caribbean at the moment. Hey, Dev, you've had a bit of a freshen up uh, along with some of the senior players after your test series in England. How, how is it to be back in camp, mate? Are your boys excited? Yeah, very much so. I think, you know, we had about a month off um, since our last game um, in England. So, yeah, really nice to just get that break and just spend some time at home with family and friends. And then it is very exciting, though, to be here, you know, and get, get back into the swing of things. So pretty excited to start playing. Yeah, it must be cool seeing the depth in the squad develop ahead of T20 World Cup for sure. Yeah, very much so. I think, you know, we're watching the guys um, quite closely in, in the European tour and Obviously, they um, you know didn't lose a game, and there was quite a lot of players that really put their hands up and played some really good cricket. So uh, it's good to see the depth improving and um, guys getting opportunities to play. I suppose it's a funny one um, for a, a senior player or someone like yourself because a you, you, you're absolutely thrilled to see the depth, but do you feel it? 
do you feel a little bit of that? I mean, obviously you're a hell of a player, Dev, but you know that that competition in camp does it just create a bit of an edge? Um, well, I don't I don't necessarily see myself as a senior player. To be honest with you, it's only my second year with with the group. Um, but, but yeah, you certainly do feel it. You know, you got the likes of you know Finn Allen stepping up and and playing some really good cricket. You've got um, you know Michael Bracewell seeing what he's done in, in the UK. Um, it's been pretty special. So um, you, you certainly do feel guys stepping up and, and putting in performances. You know, you got the likes of you know Mark Chapman who's not here. You know, who also played really nice cricket in the European tour. So you know, guys are banging the door down. So um, it's you know, you've you've, you've got to make make sure that you continuing to con- contribute to the group and perform, and those guys will step up and, and certainly take take the opportunities. Hey, Dev, the 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 Windies are coming off a pretty heavy loss in the T Twenty series with India. Um, how much can you read into their performance? Yeah, I don't think we're we're going to read in, into it too much. We know how you know powerful of a unit they are as a group. Um, you know, at times they, they they can beat anyone on their day. So it's it's a matter of just sort of controlling what we can, doing our homework as best as possible, and and just really focusing on what we can control. So um, yeah, it depends on what sort of West Indies team comes out and plays, and however they go about it, um, we'll just try focus on ourselves. Yeah, it's going to be a really important tour, though, isn't it, across the ODIs as well. How cool is it to be back in the Caribbean? You, you make the good point where you're not a, you don't consider yourself a senior player. It's probably just because you've scored about a million runs since you've been uh, with the squad. That, that's where I, my head goes, Devin. Have you played much cricket personally in the Caribbean? No, I haven't. Um, I'm here, um, so it's been a really cool experience just, you know, seeing the different sites um, that Jamaica has to offer. Um, certainly trying to make use of the pool as much as possible in this nice hot weather that we're experiencing here. But, you know, I think in terms of the cricketing side of things, the surfaces um, training yesterday and today have been certainly different to what we, what I've experienced in, in, in the past. But, um, you know, it's about adapting as quick as possible and formulating a game plan that suits the surfaces that, that we look at play in the future well, what are those differences for us back home can you you know what are the, what's the data telling you what are you being prepared for and, and just by having a few nets you know what have you noticed already there's been more like steeper bounce than i than i'd expected you know i would have thought um you know with, with the nature of the warm weather here it would be uh, almost subcontinent like but um yeah i think the the two surfaces that we've trained on in the last two days have been um, you know, quite sporty. There's been some good pace and carry in the surfaces. And, and whether if that plays like that in the first T20 in a couple of days' time, I'm not sure. But um, that's what the bits the have been like. So apparently, um, you know, Steady, Steady and I had a conversation today that first innings par totals around the 170, 180 mark, I think, on this ground. So um, that suggests that it could be a good surface. Hey, Dev, is there any dark and stormies coming up with Kane Williamson turning 32 today? And uh, he seems to have been around for a long time. How's the skip travelling? Oh, he's doing really well. Um, you know, he's um, having a good start to his birthday. It's it's actually funny because he, he actually had his birthday yesterday in New Zealand. So a lot of his birthday messages were coming through yesterday. And it's obviously continuing for us today. So, um, no, he's doing really well. He's um, He's been hitting the ball extremely nicely as always. Um, so pretty exciting to watch him go about, about his business in this in these two, you know, uh, formats coming up. So looking forward to 
joining him again in the group and, and having him around with his experience. So it's going to be exciting times for him. Yeah, there you go. Saying all the right things about the skip. You can't get him, you can't get him there, Kempi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got the live commentary here on SENZ, mate, and we were absolutely thrilled to be able to cover the first tour back to the Caribbean in a long time. So looking forward to hearing you through the early morning and in, in the uh, late morning here on New Zealand School. Plenty of runs as a squad and yourself personally. So go well. All the best, mate. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. S-E-N-Z. S-E-N-Z. minutes away from eight and some sad news through oh she's an icon Kempi. Olivia Newton-John I'm telling the boys I went to that movie <laughs> Olivia Newton-John has passed away at age 73 oh, she died at her ranch in Southern California Ooh. I mean every Everyone's done Grease as a school production. They've seen him. And, you know, Olivia Newton-John will go down as one of those artists, I think, that way more iconic than you probably realise. She has been across so many things, so many decades, and I bet you you'll be hearing this song and more of her classics throughout the day on all radio stations around the world, Kimpy. Icon. Oh, for sure. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll be getting um, on my Spotify list and I'll be... Sharing some memories. Dancing with the little uh, hairbrush in the mirror, a young Tony Kemp. Yeah, mate, still got my John Travolta. Don't worry about that. Izzy doesn't know what that feels like. you got a bit of John Travolta today. There you go, I'm Actually, I might send a little potty to Izzy just with my brush yeah. playing this song in the background. Oh, yeah, leather jacket. Mm. There you go, Olivia Newton-John. Sad news, she passed away, age 73. Not sad news, though, the uh, Black Caps... Thursday morning, live on SENZ, we will have commentary of that... Game, the first T20 of three, and then the ODI series as well. Great catch up with Devin Conway. It is six and a half away from eight. Back with some of your texts after this. SENZ, those leather pants did it for me when I was an 80s teenager. Sad. RIP. I don't know how you can wear them, to be honest. Wow. Pretty hot. Yeah. There you go, Jerry. And he's also said, um, Jerry said he's looking forward to the cricket as well, which is good, Jerry. Appreciate you coming through. Do you guys reckon the new co- coach was across the decision with Ali Katoa, says Andrew on double eight, double three? Oh, of course, one hundred percent. You don't come in and and get you know you don't get to make decisions. <laughs> like he would have had a roster put in front of him when he when he basically was considering the job and um, the conversation around you know freeing up salary. Ca- oh, look, I don't actually reckon Ali would have been on a, a lot of money, Louis. You know what I mean? No, of course he wouldn't have. So it was more just that he didn't fit into the, the strategy moving forward. I can't see why not. I think he would have been shoulder tapped and he said, I wanted to go, and they've let him walk. Yeah, it's okay to say no. Does your field of dreams then an upgrade? What a complete community sports fed renovation with SCNZ and PGG Rights and Turf. Go to scnzradio.nz, head to the win page. After this, Ollie Ritchie out of South Africa. We're going to talk rugby. Amazing. We've done two hours without doing it. All things All Blacks. Up after 8 o'clock. Off to get him at Cafe Coffee is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. Find 20% off the Dominate range of hairstyling products, but only at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
SENZ, four minutes past 8am this morning. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, 9th of August. Izzy, live. Well, you be from the breakfast buffet, I suppose, and the hotel in Fiji where he's staying, Kempe. So it's just you and me, Louis, flying as a duo this morning, but busy fruit. morning. I'm just eating the fruit. Whatever. Yeah, righto. It's probably more like a liquid diet. What's uh, how do they make pina coladas? What is it? It's, uh, it's definitely got coconut and cream in it, and I think it has a little bit of rum. Is it rum the liqueur? I think rum, and then a liqueur on top of it. And in Las Vegas, you can buy the biggest. You know, when you go to America and you get a um, upsize um, Big Mac type thing, and they bring out yeah, you well, know those big, upsize oh, hard you know, tag. The, the, yeah. in here in here Copy. in New Zealand, it's a popcorn container. That's how big the drinks are. In Vegas, you can get pina, pina colada for 10 bucks in one of them. Healthy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I remember walking past it when it was in Vegas, and it was this massive drum. This this massive drum of pina colada, and it had a big steering arm in it. And it says, basically, the sign says, Kempe, come in here right now because these are only 10 bucks. <laughs> it's like when they wire kegs up. And honestly, you only needed one, mate. They put they put it out, put it down. And I was just put, they put a hundred straws in it. I was like, "Yep, well, that's me." It's probably a universal good thing that our man Daggy isn't in Las Vegas, and not just because we're the going there, because that's where the F one is next year. We're going, yeah, hey, Hutchie, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, speaking of traveling, and right now, double eight, double three. Any queries about the All Blacks? <laughs> any queries? What a loaded question. Anything you want to know about the All Blacks? Come through because speaking of traveling. Will travel, can report. Ollie Ritchie, he is News Hub's lead rugby reporter. He's sharp, and him and his colleagues are like vultures in South Africa over the desert right now, trying to pick the eyes out of one of the more interesting stories in New Zealand sport this century. Truly, it is. What's going on with the All Blacks at the moment? He's live out of South Africa. Very grateful for your time. Morning, Ollie. How you going, man? Yeah, Louis, really good, mate. Really good. Good to be here. How are you we are good we're good we're busy and i um i imagine getting the news hub bosses to get you to south africa with their 20 reporters <laughs> up in birmingham for the commonwealth games was it as an easy pitch or or was it did you have to twist an arm mate i thought we'd blown the budget on com games on future election coverage on future world cups i thought it had all gone on the com games to be honest i thought we were toast so Mate, when this came through, I was happy as Larry. I really had to do nothing, actually, to, to be honest, because the story was so big after that Ireland series. It was sort of like, well, you've, we've got to be there. So, you know, it was one of the easier trips to get over the line, to be honest. Hey, Ollie, it's Kempe, mate. So, so tell us the mood. Like, obviously, you've got the South Africans where the mood is going to be skyrocketing. We can we can gather that. But tell us the mood, mate. Tell us what, what you're feeling like that, you know, you're, you're just about ready Spidey to... Senses. You're just about ready to feed. What does it feel like? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one, to be honest, Kempe. Um, You know, we spend a lot of time around this team and around these players. And, you know, there's something a bit different this week, to be perfectly honest. You know, everyone's a bit more reserved. You can kind of feel that weight of expectation and, and feel that weight of pressure that is on not only Ian Foster, obviously, but, you know, the rest of the team as well. Everyone's just a little bit more reserved uh, than, than they normally are. You know, saw uh, Fozzie yesterday on arrival into the hotel and, you know, he was pretty 
pretty quick into the air, avoiding cameras, avoiding any talk, and straight into a into a management meeting. So you certainly get the sense that at the moment they can feel that that pressure and that sense of expectation on this group to, to try and deliver something, any sort of performance that is that is capable of a, of a test win. Because you know lately they obviously have not been doing that. Mark Hinton has a story up this morning um, speaking about, or well, t- speaking to Richie Moonga, I think it was just, must have just been personally, or on a one on one or whatever. And Richie's acknowledged that, yeah, look, they are, they do hear the criticism, they're blocking it out, but the criticism is actually fair. So that's a player's perspective. Just from what you're picking up from Ian Foster, there's been some quotes that have probably made everybody raise their eyebrows, and actually that's being polite. People probably are a little bit unsure whether Ian Foster understands the gravity of the situation. What's your opinion being around him? <laughs> yes, that's an interesting one. I know what you're talking about there, Louis, with with you know suggestions that that was their best performance of the year and stuff like that. You almost get the get the feeling that he's trying to deflect and just try and convince himself almost that things that things are going on the right track, and it's almost like he's accepted his fate. In, in a way that things are just not going to get better uh, anytime soon. In fact, they'll probably get worse before they get better. Um, I mean, it, it's an interesting one, right? Like for an All Blacks coach to come out and, and say something like that after uh, not only a, a test loss, but the worst loss to South Africa uh, in almost a bloody century. It's, it's quite ridiculous. Um, so you certainly get the sense that He's almost trying to convince himself that things are on the right track. It's it's, it's truly quite bizarre, and and the players are certainly acknowledging it as well. They know that the pressure's there, and and, and they welcome it. They they accept that they um, that they are subject to this sort of criticism. Um, but yeah, that certainly for me and Foster, that that was quite bizarre, and that was almost said to me a man that had almost accepted his fate. Ollie. I know that the South Africans will be sitting in there. Their theme for this next match is search and destroy. The All Blacks, they've got this underdog theme going on. But I've always wondered, you know, like you're you're a journalist, you've just flown into South Africa and you sit up your room, you're writing your headlines, your titles up the top. What's your theme, mate? What are you looking at? How many, just are you allowed to delve into that, that headspace for us and let us know what your headline is? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, to be honest, Kempi, because, you, you know, I always try and, and let the facts paint the picture. And, you know, you don't want to ever get personal as a journalist. That's not our job. Um, but at the moment, the, the, the facts paint a, a very clear picture of the of the pressure that this group is under. Um, and, you know, so when we, we, we're writing our stories, the, the entire storyline is around, yes, the, the pressure on the team to perform, but... But certainly, it feels like the, the pressure on this on this coach on Ian Foster is, is something that we have not seen for a number of years, and th- there can be no questioning his commitment to the team and his passion for the team and his passion for the players. That that that's certainly not what anyone's questioning. But um, unfortunately, they they just can't get results out of this current regime, and this current regime is clearly not the one. To deliver results so you know when, when we're doing these stories you're right we, we try and avoid being um personal but you know the, the facts certainly paint the picture and they, the facts certainly speak for themselves um it, it's a group that doesn't know how to get out of the current rut that it's in and it's almost like there's this mental challenge this mental hurdle for this group to overcome and they just don't know how to do it 
So somebody, you're a punting man, Ollie. I know that for a fact. Somebody's lobbed about 50, gra- <laughs> 50 grand on the, the... Actually, here's one for you, Kempi. Darcy LaBella gets beat first person to me- message tree. <laughs> first person to message tree after the Open Aki Cup. Um, anyway, I just had a giggle this morning when I opened up my phone to send you a message. Um now, so you're a betting man. Somebody's unloaded fifty grand on the the uh, Springboks to win here. Look at a dollar forty four. I think it's probably about right. They, they should be favoured like that. Nobody thinks the All Blacks can't win though. They can go out there and win and get a result. But what what's your sense on whether how much determination? Uh, sorry, the determination of how much this game impacts the future of the All Blacks coaching makeup, for example, is this game this weekend make or break or actually irrelevant? It's a good question, to be honest, Louis, because, you know, the, the whole uh, issue around Ian Foster and, and his future as All Blacks coach is, is certainly not based on these two tests in South Africa alone. They were given the first, well, Foster was certainly given the first five tests of the year, obviously those three against Ireland and the first two against South Africa to prove himself. So, you know, should we be in a situation where Ian Foster is, is let go? It won't be just because of, um, of the South African test. It's, it's very much a reflection of the start of this year. And, and that being said, so if the All Blacks do end up winning at Alice Park, which, um, you know, I, I certainly I can't see happening. Um, and so, you know, there's probably a bit of value in those uh, All Blacks odds, to be honest, uh, Louis. But um, it, it would be a reflection of, of the progress under Ian Foster. It's not just that he didn't win the test in South Africa, because that, that's almost been uh, not, not a given, but acceptable for all Blacks teams in the past. It's difficult to win in South Africa. It always has been. Even the best All Blacks teams haven't been able to do it. But he's had five tests this year. And, and you know, you look back on his past couple of years as well, which have, have not been great. Um, you know, it's not just a reflection of the South African series. It's, it's a reflection of the progress sort of this year and, and probably really over the past 12 months as well. So, um, yeah, certainly not just based on, on these two tests uh, against South Africa, more the general progress uh, under Foster. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, what do we know without pouring all your gravy on our plate? What do we know about the board and the CEO? Where are they at physically, literally? Where is Robbo? Is he is he in South Africa? And kind of in, in, from an administrative point of view, how happy or unhappy is the marriage between the All Blacks and NZR at the moment? Uh, Robbo is definitely in in South Africa. I've caught up with him over here a, cu- a couple of times so far. So he, yeah, he's definitely uh, over here. He has extended his trip. He was meant to just be here in Johannesburg uh, for a couple of days. I understand that trip has has now been extended um, to see out the week. So there, there might be a bit of a telltale sign there. Look, they certainly accept and understand what what, what is going on with it, with this group uh, and with this with this coaching group in, in particular. And they know that after. Uh, this this test this weekend, and there there'll have to be some action. Uh, there's no two ways about it, and so um, that seems to be accepted at New Zealand Rugby. It's it's what those next steps are. You know whether you bring Scott Robertson straight in, whether you look at some kind of caretaker coach uh, through to the next World Cup. Those options all very much remain uh, on the table, Louis. But whatever they do decide, they don't have a lot of time to do it because. By the time they get back from South Africa, uh, they've only got a few days before this group regathers and and rejoins in Christchurch ahead of that Argentina test uh, at Orange Theory Stadium. So there's not a lot of time to make a decision. But yes, 
Uh, Mark Robinson is here. I've seen Robbo over here. We've had a catch-up. He'll be here for the rest of the week, which, you know, is probably a telling sign. He was meant to only be here for a couple of days, and it sounds like that trip will now last a week. Thanks for the inside information there, Ollie. We uh, will take out of that what we what we need. Hey, <laughs> give us some uh, updates on Bodie Barrett, mate. How's the how's the concussion going? And and do you know about his brother as well, Geordie? How's he looking uh, for the for the weekend? Yeah, caught up with Bodie last night. He was in in really good spirits actually he was almost as surprised as anyone to to sort of <laughs> learn that his neck was actually okay because gee that looked really nasty didn't it and and not not a good collision at, at all and and really just sloppy and and to be honest you know Ian Foster is, is right to be uh pretty annoyed about that but you know he he is hopeful um that he'll be able to play some part whether the All Blacks want to risk him uh, this weekend, um, having you know taken a pretty serious hit on his neck is, is another story. But certainly, having spoken to Bodie, he feels up for it. His, his neck is is fine. He's passed all any HIA protocols, and he's good to go. Geordie, I don't think will be playing. Um, he he hasn't been training a lot this week, you know, and it's obviously only Monday over here or Monday night over here, so it's been pretty light load so far, but certainly just talking in and around the group, you get the impression that Geordie's probably going to sit this one out. Um, Bodie very much determined to try and play a part, but certainly not a guaranteed starter, so um, you know, if, if you're the All Blacks, they'll probably want to get Bowden involved in that game, but certainly not a guarantee. Geordie, it doesn't seem like he's going to play a part. All right, Ollie, I really appreciate the time you've given us uh, this evening over there, mate. You've probably had a big dinner. What do you eat in South Africa? A big, big steak? What do you? What's the food of choice? Yeah, steak seems to be very popular over here, Louis, uh, to be honest. Um, our Lord and Saviour, Liam Napier, the head of the press pack over here, mm. uh, determined that Indian uh, was going to be our, our dinner of choice tonight. So uh, the the, the travelling media have just been out for a uh, for a few curries, which has been very nice. But certainly, overall, the, the, everywhere you go, it seems to be some sort of steak steak curry um, on the menu. So, <laughs> yeah, you well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And and certainly there are there are there are a few uh, tossing up between how we're going to divide between the steak and the curry, whether we just do both in one night. But I think we can just split it out <laughs> over uh, over the next few days. Oh, you're in safe hands with Napes. All right, there you go. Ollie Ritchie, New Subs, <laughs> uh, lead rugby report. He's a champion. He's over there. All the information on the ground. Make sure you follow um, follow his coverage on News Hub. Uh, on the website and also on TV3 as well. And Kempi, here's one. South Africa's winger, Kurtley Arundesi, there we go, got it right this time, has been suspended for four weeks following his red card. Now, personally, at face value, without reading all the details of the hearing and the um, citing commission, feels light. It was pretty bad. It was pretty reckless. And would it have been different if Bodie... God forbid, didn't get up so easy? Probably. So that's that's a little bit, there's a bit of nuance there. That's four weeks. Oh, you know, I've seen worse for some pretty marginal accidental shoulders to the head, you know. Or, or even face on face. Face on face, Angus Talvel. You know what I mean? So look, I think, I I think it's a bit, I mean? think it's a bit light. I think the intent was definitely tied up in that collision. Um, and that, you know, like when you watch the replay, you watch in slow motion, you get to see it all play out in full, um, in its full force. But he was so committed to chasing that uh, kick that he lost focus of what he was doing 
to protect the other player. That, ro- that ro- what, what role he was doing, and then just decided I'm going in here at 100 miles an hour, and for no, no, for no safety or or duty or care to either himself or the other player. 100 percent reckless, 100 percent negligent. Intent is a really and this is one we battle with, we grapple mm. with, but reckless and negligent at the very least. And four weeks seems like here's a couple of messages that have come through. Richie Monga summed it up for me. If you're not in my team or in my squad, I don't really care what you think. They know they haven't been good enough, but some fans really showing their true colours. Warriors fans would have burnt their jerseys by now. <laughs> no, they wouldn't have, Mark. If Such a shame Sam Kane will go down with the boss. No fault of Sam's. Let's be clear, he's not in the best handful of loose forwards and not a great leader. The coach has stuck in time picking him. Yeah, that's from Jerry. I don't know. Are you saying there, Jerry, that you feel sorry for Sam Kane or he's not the right man? Uh, personally, he will still do a job for the All Blacks moving forward, even if Ian Foster's not the coach. Sam Kane's time's not done, but I think there are other options, namely a massive lock, massive lock look at, called Sam Whitelock. Yeah, listen, yeah I, look, I think so. I think Sam Whitelock should get the nod. Um, I think there's some something brewing after what Ollie told us about his meeting with with Robbo and you know well it's interesting it's quite telling that he's extended his trip isn't it it, it is it is you know and I think that I think the part that's being played out here is the part that the CEO plays with the media by getting them prepared for something that's going to take place no, if it doesn't quite go down you make it sound a bit contrived Kempi it's not like that but it's like guys like Ollie and the rest it's their job to be in front of Robbo and just asking leading questions here and there, and you know what it's like. But I don't know if they're out of their way going to brief the media <laughs> behind closed doors about what's happening. It was eight weeks, but half of no history of offending. That's from Matt. Matt, thank you. Good information there. Still four weeks. Still look bad. 22 minutes past eight. Here with Kim as we ask. Great savings every day. More rugby and more of you. So we'll hear from you throughout the day on the Kennards, throughout the morning before nine o'clock on the Kennards Hire phone line. Paulie Mawadi from tab.co.nz to talk about their $50,000 bet on the box after this. Wow. New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Uh-oh, Kempe, I might have started something here. Don't start on bad tackles. I'm still spewing on Cleary's pat on the hands. Here's Mark. No history of offending except for the 10th minute of the game, says Matt. Louis, it was an absorbing media shoulder charge. It's okay. He did the same to Geordie earlier in the game. <sighs> Breathe. It was eight weeks but hard for no history of offending. Breathe. <laughs> Paulie Mawadi, tab.co.nz. That's where you go to put $50,000 on the Springboks if you're that way inclined. That's right, yes. 50 big ones of the Springboks at $1.47. Um, well, I can't blame them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure I'd be doing it if I had 50k in my pocket, but anyway, um, yeah, the money's down. $50,000 on the spring box to win the second second test at $1.47. He should have done it last week at $1.90. He would have, he would have made plenty. Hey, we forgot, that. we forgot to say, mate, well done on the weekend too, winning for all. Jeez, what a run. Why didn't, why didn't you tell us that? $3.30 for a place. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah quite happy with uh, the run there and um, hoping for some uh, good things coming up later this spring. Yeah. 
Oh, what good what about that? Come what on, you, come on, let it out, what you, mate. What does that what mean? Futures what, are we what, on? Kind of, what kind of sick jokes that, mate? What? <laughs> what are you? What are you asking for? What do you? What do you mean? What do I mean? What well, have you, you said it you for? You can't say you've, you've got some good things going in the spring and then just hold out. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can get in, I, I believe we're heading to the Foxbridge. If we can get into the field, there you go. Don't vape. That means Tarzino. It's Tarzino time for Paulie Moati. Who else is in there? You got some other TAB lads in the ownership there? Fab Taylor. <laughs> Big bad Fab Taylor. Why, is, that, is that why I was... No, I can't question his integrity. I will not do that. But um, that, that Taylor, of course you've got... What a crew. What a party if it wins a race. Oh, look out. Yeah, you'll, you'll get the invitation, boys. Don't know. <laughs> no, like, like, it's like you just don't want to talk to us today, mate. We're trying to get. <laughs> is there something you're not telling us? Uh, maybe it, I'm, just, I'm just look. I'm just having a look at the sales MDL outright market right now. Of course, we head into the playoffs tomorrow night, and your very own Otago, SENZ Otago Nuggets are still in there. Um, what they're thirteen dollars to win the championship. Funnily enough, the Wellington Saints, who aren't in the top two. And so don't have a buy. They're the favourites to win the NBL. And I guess a lot of that has to do with the best player in the NBL at the moment, Xavier Cooks, who's just been ridiculously good. Saints are 250 to win the NBL. The Taramaki Ears are 350. Get on. And the Nelson Giants, 420. Beautiful stuff. I'm actually going to the uh, the Friday night game, which I'm pretty sure is the Taranaki Ears, Kempi, so I'm looking forward to that. Half past eight, Paulie Mwadi, download the TAB app today. Winning for all, geez, wouldn't mind owning that horse. Lovely first up effort there at Ruakaka. James, can you just hold there? We've got to get through the news. That'll have for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Then I want to talk to you about the All Blacks on 0800 Just hold there, just James. We'll be back yet with you in just a sec. Seven away from nine, we'll get you some sports headlines, updates in just a second. Steve says, was that Foster's 50k bet? No, Steve, it wasn't. Although I did see somebody <laughs> suggesting that was it Razor's. No, it wouldn't have been either, I don't think. I can't confirm, but I would... Well, actually, maybe he probably can't bet on rugby, so yeah, I can confirm. No, it wasn't, Steve. Appreciate the message on double eight double three. though. Let's go to the phones, 0800 the Kennard Tire phone line. Morning, James. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, good thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, really well. What's got you going on the All Blacks? Well, Marks, what a champion, Malcolm. It seemed like it. Yeah, it seemed like that was his job to attack the breakdown because he got so many of that ball back for them. Why don't we have one of those as a specialist as well? Um, another one is 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 that this rush defence. We've got two brilliant first five eights and what's to stop them, the little ground chips, every time until they actually have to stay back. Um, and then another one is our, our guys not, our back line not getting through. When I was a club rugby player um, and I was a fullback, I never stood in a in a back line when I was going to come into the back line. I see all our backs all standing in a line. The full backs there, so already he's 
marked, you know, um, and timing from the halfback to the second five-eight without the opposition seeing was so was so was so exciting when you got into the fresh air and there was no one around you as a fullback, and we've got two two brilliant fullbacks that once they get through any gaps, heck, I don't know that anyone on the paddock could ever catch them. Mm. Yeah, no, you're dead right, James. The, the, the stuff in and around, like you said, Mark's going into the, that ruck and getting the ball back for South Africa. If you, I don't know if you listened to his interview post-match, but he basically said that that was his role and he was to do that until he ran out of energy. Um, so, you know, the difference, I guess the difference in mindset is what really gets me when the All Blacks are up against what we've seen, the Irish and the South Africans just taking what they used to be so good at. Hey, James, just you, you've listed a, you, your list is pretty um, hard to argue with there. Just a question for you before we let you go. Do you think a coaching change will change that stuff that you're noticed is not working? Well, I'm very sceptical about... Uh, um, well, we had a Robbie Deans and we had a and a John Mitchell, and they took on the co- coaching role. And the Robbie Deans team was just as efficient as the team that the um, Crusaders are now. And that All Black team was horrible because most of that team, as far as I remember, most of it was um, Crusaders, and. I believe that when country, different other countries put their teams together, they weren't frightened of one franchise. Yeah. They were happy. Yeah. And no, point, point taken there, James. I know what you mean. Is it? Look, you're not, you're not sold on what the next option is, I hear you. Let's go up to Tutakaka and catch up with Michael's just fallen off the line. I promise we had a call to Michael from Tutakaka, Kimby. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. I saw that anyway. But... Um, you know what? When you're listening to the the the, the callers calling and say, why don't they think about doing this? Like some some of the simple um, choices, I guess, that the All Blacks could make in and around structure and system. Well, what about this one? We need to play our best players, Dalton and Adi, our well, we, best sevens, keep we, them on the field. Remember, we said that, eh? Like, why wouldn't you just pick your best? Pl- That's that argument. Like, who wins the game? Well, the best players in the best positions normally win the game. The Malcolm Marks situation, the breakdown, and remember I've been banging on about the breakdown ever since Luke Jacobson missed out on that first squad. I just can't get it. We just don't have a dominant ball-fetching seven anymore because Artie's playing at eight and Sam Kane's not that player. Michael from Tutakaka's come back. He wasn't a figment of my imagination. How you going, Michael? I'm good. Um, sorry. Hey, I just wanted to pick up on something that you mentioned before about um, Malcolm's comment in the media. He also went on to say that they didn't care. He didn't care what. Ooh. 
Just niggly little black spot there. What we'll do is we're going to head off. We'll come back. Um, I need to get some sporting headlines out. We'll do that, and we'll get back up with Michael. In the meantime, if you want to come through, 0800 150 811. Anything in particular that's on your mind on the All Blacks? We've got about 10 minutes here. I want to take your calls on the Kennards Higher phone line, 0800 150 811. We'll try to link back up with Michael because I was interested where he was going there with Moonga's comments. 22 from Nines and Sports headlines to come as well. Fuel your body with 10% off the Musashi range, only at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Going to the phones with Michael and Matt and Tutakaka and Nohopi, respectively, in just a second. But Gal is fueling your mission all year round, Kempi. And a little bit of sports news for you. The stats stuffing Wellington Saints forward. That's what the press is calling Xavier Cooks. He's who Paulie Moati mentioned. He's playing for the Wellington Saints. He has been named the National Basketball League MVP. So he's MVP of the league. He was named in the All-Star 5 and took out the Commissioner's Cup for the most outstanding forward. He will be influential for the Saints moving forward. The PGA Tour, well, the FedEx Cup is usually this time of year where the golfers play for that huge prize money trying to be the tour champion. Heading to Memphis for the first stop this week and the golf game's in disarray. There won't be as many players there as years gone by. For people like Cameron Smith, the Rory McIlroy's, the Xander Schauffele's at the top of the pops, well, maybe it's less competition. But from a spectacle point of view, the PGA Tour a little bit worried there. That's what's going around the world of sport. All right, let's go back to Tutakaka. Michael, what were you saying on Richie Mwonga, mate? Yeah, sorry, mate. Hey, um, part of that article was um, he also said that... um, they, they, there was a lot of noise around, and he didn't. Re- they didn't really care what we all thought, and I think that's despicable to to say that. And it, it tells you that something's been lost in this whole all black setup. And you know, it's the old story: a fish rots from the head down. But that's just so disrespectful to the fans in the jersey that that they don't care that what we think. I think that's terrible. Okay, well, let, let me read the full quote, okay? So we can, let's not let's not, not do him justice. He said, I'm jumping at the bit to have another crack, but I'm also at the point where the outside noise doesn't matter for me. It doesn't affect me. I'm at the stage now where if you're not in the squad, I don't really care what you think, with all respect. I understand the fans and people out there can get frustrated with results, but we're trying our best and we know it's not good enough for all black standards, so preparations will be very deep to get the result in the weekend. If the criticism was fair, he was asked, he said, it's very fair, a team they support that usually gets results and is not getting results and it's fair the fans care they care about the team, our team and care about our results but it's also fair of us to not care about what they think because we have a job to do and hearing that noise isn't going to help us. Kimpy, do you understand? Uh, look, it probably just needs to be reframed. The, the, part, the part around it is what sort of messaging they're getting from their media people uh, when they know that they're under pressure and they're going to be put in these type of uh, positions. So uh, very volatile. In these positions, you're going to be heavily scrutinised. Everything you say that comes out when you're under pressure can be taken out of context. I don't think Richie 
Moong has gone out there and said, you know, hey, all the public, you know, we don't really care what you think. I think he's framed it wrong, and it's probably just down to, I don't know, not really understanding the situation of how it's going to be taken in the context of public. Well, there you go. Michael's perceived it one certain way. Michael, before I let you go, can they win this weekend? Do they win this weekend? Uh, no, I don't think they can win this weekend, and I don't think they, um, I don't think they've got a chance of winning this weekend. There's nothing there. well uh, in a week that's going to change what's what's happened. Appreciate it, mate. I, I mean, I reckon it'll be a bigger score. It'll be, it'll be twenty points plus this weekend. Like, if we think these guys are going to get better, the box are going to get even better. And and I think Kemper used the word a while ago, you know, they're on a seek-and-destroy mission this week, and, and they will want to destroy this all-black team because that's what South Africans do, and it'll give them such a huge mental boost going into the next 15 months. Um, they'll crush them if they've got the opportunity. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing lost in translation there from Tutukaka. Let's go to Ahopi, another great seaside uh, village of Aotearoa. Matt, what do you make of it all? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Um, look, oh, man, sometimes I don't know where to start with this. Look, um, I think the squad in general is okay. I mean, I think we've got the right players. 95% of them are correct. Like a few callers said um, ago, I feel I'm in the wrong position. Um, I, I really want to draw parallels to the English cricket team, and I know a few people laugh about it, but they really haven't changed their first 11, and then Baz came in, and then their mindset changed completely. You know, like their, their batting order didn't change so much, but they look like a completely different side. And so uh, I think if a few of our structures and systems change, or Jason Ryan coming in, Schmidt coming in, and then just a whole new culture, and, and by doing that, I think Foster needs to go. Um, I think there needs to be just a fresh sweep out, a fresh mindset. But I think we've got the players. I think it just uh, not all hope is not lost. Look, I, personally, I think what um, what's missing here is uh, I'm trying to while you're talking, Matt. I'm thinking about what, what can you what can you line this up against? What can you measure it up against? I think what's happened over the last couple of years is that teams have gone out to search and destroy this All Black side because of the prestige and the money attached with it over so many decades that when you come up against an all-black team you're really up against your backs up against the wall and you really have to fight to beat them now that they we're in a we're in a battle and teams know they can beat them they're trying to destroy them and I think every team looks forward now to playing the all-blacks the type of effort that's needed and this is what Queensland did when they were no chance in the third state of origin this year is where the all-blacks need to go they need to be playing above where they think they um, currently sit. And if they don't, then these teams are just, sim- quite simply, they're too good. Matt, appreciate your call. Just stay on the line while we uh, while I read this text because I think it's kind of where you're going. It's from Guido. He says, the, the best thing about Razor is he will come in with a fresh plan, a fresh plan for the squad and the lineup. With the Crusaders, it looks like everyone knows their role and they have systems and comfortable with combinations. Some players may get cut, but the ones that buy in will be champions. Also, the breakdown looked dubious on the weekend. An early penalty to Marks, the tackler didn't release, and they were on the edge of the whole match. Good on them for doing that. The All Blacks need to start cheating better again. Now, the part that resonates with what you were saying, I think, Matt, is at least someone that can come in. We're not going to change the playing 23, really. Maybe five at most go in and out, potentially, in any given week. 
but it's the fresh thought, the fresh consciousness, the fresh empowerment that Baz gave England. I personally, like Guido apparently, thinks that Razor could do it for the All Blacks. Appreciate your call there, Matt, though. Uh, I like where you're going. Uh, the other Matt says, is there something we're missing here? Both the Warriors and ABs have a robo calling the shots. Yeah, look. Mm. Cursed? Cursed nickname? <laughs> Do you reckon Mark Robinson, the All Blacks one Robinson should start going? Robinson. The New Zealand rugby one should go for a new nickname? Yeah, look, I, I think, seriously, my, my thoughts, I think lot, lots of water under that bridge, both bridges, before the end of the year. Cam slightly disagrees on double eight, double three. Ooh, mysterious can be. Who sees a coaching change is going to change anything with the All Blacks? And we all never really know. The potentially will be coming into a series against Australia and Argentina now with no disrespect to those two nations. There is nothing like a test match series against South Africa. Yes, Cam. And that is why, as he said, there's no better place to prove yourself to the rugby public and the fans than in South Africa. There's a message here regarding Clinton Tupi and uh, Cam George as well. Yeah, morning, Kempe and Louie. Can you please get Cam George on the radio for him to explain what the hell is going on at that club, that club being the Warriors? Also, if you go on Facebook land, look at Warriors post re Katoa leaving, look at the first person who comments, which is Clinton Tupi. He is fuming. And I love Clinton. Where is he? Where is Clinton? He's in the Gold Coast. He's doing some wonderful work up there in the wellbeing space. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I told you, but I got I got asked to do the top 25 NRL players um, since 1990, I think it was, and Clinton Torpin was my 25th player. Uh, and Clinton, over the, the last 12 months, has become a bit of a a advocate for the Warriors, especially what's going on in that club. So actually what we might do mm. is get Clinton on. Mm. Well, on Thursday, we're not going to have a show. We're going to need to do some podcasts to get because the cricket's on. We're going to need to do some podcasts to, to keep uh, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Farno up to date. Maybe that's a good one there, Kempe. Appreciate your text. Let me know who that was. Love it when you leave your names on your text. I love it when you call through with your passion. Seven away from nine. Smithy up after this. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.